Good evening, this is Quintus Curtius, and welcome back to the Fortress of the Mind podcast. And in this podcast episode, we're going to be talking about the subject of going into the military. I received an email today from a reader, very nice guy, but I think he's a little bit lost, and he's essentially asking me if he should go into the military. He doesn't know what to do. He feels a little bit lost. He feels a little bit misdirected. And I think, frankly, he feels a little bit uh, lacking in drive, motivation, and direction. So let me read his email first, and then we can talk about it. I can give, give you my opinion on it. He says, Greetings, Quintus. I'm soon to be a 28-year-old guy, middle to low income class, still living with my parents. And I don't see this changing anytime soon. Now please bear with me for the following. Most of my life, I felt I had cognitive and interpersonal issues, but I've never noticed them more than now at my current job. I'm an IT technician working on an IT department of two people, my boss and myself. Since I started working here, I've come to realize several things wrong with me, especially in the cognitive and critical thinking side of things. I seem to have issues following very simple instructions, can't do anything right, even when taking notes, as I always try to do by carrying a notepad anywhere I'm asked to go. I seem to not know what I'm supposed to do after I even write everything down, When I don't understand something, I always ask again to clarify it, but it has gotten to the point that I'm afraid of asking after many attempts to understand what I'm supposed to do and leaving it as it is, thus resulting in many more issues coming my way for not doing things right and not understanding them in the first place. This obviously has taken a toll on my boss-staff relationship with my boss to the point that every day that I wake up, the first thing I think of is, will I be fired today? Actually, I'm very surprised I haven't been fired yet. All of this, of course, prevents me from even performing my job without fear that I'll screw up. I've been trying to read more books, and I still have to go through a lot of them. My social life is actually not bad, and I've actually improved that somewhat since I used to be a very shy person and I rarely spoke to people. Also, at this point, nothing really interests me anymore, no motivation, no goals, Vague stuff such as travel, nice car, etc. The only hobby that has me going, uh, disc jockey, is actually now worn out. I don't even feel like doing that anymore either. And now I'm in fear of the future. What am I supposed to do? What am I going to do? And he closes here by saying, uh, All of those questions had led me to ask myself in the last couple of weeks if maybe joining the military would do me any good. I was pampered and have been lazy most of my youth and teenage years, even though my father has always been pretty strict. I know I need some sort of wake-up call, but I do not really know how or why or where. Since you have been in the military, I was wondering what what would be your point of view on this. I've seen how being there changes you and kind of makes you really grow up, which is what I desperately need at least to perform and survive out there. All right, so that that's his email, and it's kind of a long email, so I appreciate your bearing with me as I read through that. 
And there's a couple of things that jump out at me when I first read through this email. I mean, the guy seems really down on himself. He sounds like he's got a job that he doesn't like to go to. He doesn't feel motivated by the job. He doesn't feel inspired by the job. He's going in there. He's connecting the dots. He's checking the boxes. He's a warm body sitting at a desk. And he just really feels a lack of direction in his life. All right, so he doesn't really know what to do or how to turn. And, and you know, this is a very common problem. Believe it or not, these sort of existential questions come up no matter what age. I mean, this guy's 28. I've talked to people who have had the same problem in their 50s, their 60s. Uh, these types of directional crises can happen at any time. So I think it's important. I think it's important to have some sympathy for this this guy and to try to probe and see what we can do here to uh, maybe provide some guidance. First off, his his basic question is first off, you know, should he join the military? All right. Now, before I answer that question or before I try to probe that question, we need to understand that, you know, the military, it's not like a regular job. Okay. When you're signing up for the military, at least the military, I was in the Marine Corps. Okay. I can't speak for what the Army or the Air Force or the Navy is like, but in the Marine Corps, it's not something that you just join on a whim of the moment. It's not something you just do as a passing fancy. I mean, you've got to want to do it. It's got to come from inside. It's got to come from within you. It's got to be a passion. It's got to be something that you really are wanting to do because those drill instructors will will sense that. If you're just there... Uh, floating around, wasting everybody's time, not directed, not motivated, they will find you. They will weed you out and they will punish you and you'll you'll end up washing out. And you don't want that. Okay. Now again, I can't speak for what the army's like from what my observations have been. I think the army's uh unit cohesiveness and discipline for for most of the units is is um is much more relaxed and I think the same is true for the air force and the navy. And I'm, I'm assuming this guy is uh, is from the United States. I don't know. I can't speak to what other countries' militaries are like. All right. So, you know, my my gut instinct and feeling is to to talking about this issue is I don't really think that the military is the type of thing that you just do on the whim of the moment. Okay, it's got to be something that you've wanted to do, and. During my time in the military, I noticed that the people that were there, whether they were officers or enlisted, they all of them fell into basically about four different categories of of um, directional motivations. In other words, their motivations for being there could be classed in one or more, maybe, of four different categories. And I'll kind of go through those to see what they were. The first group of guys that were in the military, or or women, okay, uh, were people that were there from out of a sense of tradition or obligation. Okay, so I'll call the first group, category one, we'll call that the tradition slash obligation group. And these are people that were in the military because maybe they had a father or a grandfather or brother or relatives, or they came from some sort of military background or tradition. And they were doing it to fulfill that family tradition. And that's very respectable. You know, I, I noticed that there seemed to be a disproportionate uh, people of this motivation from the South, from the American South, I think, where the old 
military traditions never really died. And these were people that you would see come from, you know, the VMI, Virginia Military Institute, or, uh, you know, Texas A&M, or, or these types of schools. The Citadel was another one I remember. Um, Naval Academy seemed to attract a lot of uh, people of traditional family military backgrounds. And that's fine. That's fine. Um, so that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. That That's one of the categories of people that you find um, in the military. I remember once my last duty station, when I was at Camp Lejeune, I was in a unit with the son of one of the major figures of the Iran-Contra affair. I won't give his name um, to protect his privacy, but uh, he was the son of a major figure in the Iran-Contra affair. Very, very nice guy. Very nice guy. Got along with him really well. And he was also a Marine officer. So uh, you'd be surprised who you can run into, who you do run into in a very small uh, military world like that. The second category, category two, I would call these the, the adventurer types, the adventurers. These were people that joined the military as a way of sort of proving themselves, as a way of proving themselves either to their own, proving something to themselves or proving something to the world. They were people who wanted to see the world. Maybe they came from small towns. Maybe they felt a lack of a challenge. Maybe they felt a lack of direction or inspiration in their lives and they wanted to get out break free of those of those restrictive bonds that they felt were holding them back all their lives. And this was the category that I fell into. This was me. I came from the adventurer category because I didn't come from a military background and I grew up in a very small town in New England and there really wasn't much to do in those days, at least the town that I was in, other than to just sort of live a very routine life. But I wanted more out of life. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to be a Marine officer. So that was a goal that I had as as a personal goal. So that's the second category. The third category are more of the utilitarian types. These were like the I would call these the second chancers, the second chancers or the the bread and butter types. These were guys who or women who basically joined the military simply because they were just looking for a paycheck. Uh, there are not a lot of these because it's it's kind of a it's kind of a, a tough way to go. But these were people who maybe were uh, in you know financial issues and they uh, they were looking they had a first career that went south. Their first career didn't work out, and they were looking for a way to provide for their families. They needed a paycheck. They needed the stability. They needed the security of the lifestyle that the military can offer for people. And that can be very attractive for a lot of people. So we shouldn't, we should not discount that, especially in today's economy, where it's very, very difficult for a lot of people to survive and to make their way in the world. Uh, These bread and butter types were a distinct category, and they continue to be a distinct category. The problem with that category is, I mean, you're 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 sacrificing a lot. You know, you're yeah, you're going to get a paycheck, but uh, my personal feeling is, if you're just a careerist, if you don't have that soul, if you don't have that inspiration, if you don't have that motivation behind what you're doing, it's going to show, and you're not going to be good. You're not going to be effective. 
and your men are going to sense that. And then the, the last category, the last category, which was very, very small, very, very small, at least in the Marine Corps, it was very small because they tend to weed out the antisocial types and the, the dregs uh, at boot camp or at officer candidate school. Um, but I think the other services had a lot of these types, the, these, uh, you know, the deck apes type uh, in the Navy. We used to call them deck apes. It's the, the, these uh, uh, people who just were uh, good for nothing, basically. Uh, or in the Army, you know, you get these guys who just uh, are do-nothings. They're the antisocial types, the, the borderline criminal types who have been uh, put into the military either willingly or semi-unwillingly as a way to maybe escape a checkered past or for a lack of anything else better to do. Now, this used to be, in the old days, and I mean old days, I mean, you know, 50 years ago, you know, the Vietnam era, World War II era, this used to be a much bigger class. I mean, I've heard stories back in the 60s where, you know, judges even had the power to sentence, you know, offenders to go into the military as a way of getting rid of them, a way of making them do something useful. In the modern world, the military doesn't really want that anymore. They're, they're selective enough where they can pick the good people. They don't need the dregs. They don't need antisocial types. They don't need troublemakers or um, uh, problems uh, because those people end up causing far more damage than they're worth. But those are the, the, the four types. Those were the four types of people. And I'm going through all of this only because I want to give the writer of this email an idea of what types of people are in the military. So he can maybe help. He can maybe um, uh, he can use that to help him with his decision-making process. Now, my own personal belief, and I've already said it, is if you're not inspired and if you're not motivated by what you're doing you're wasting your life you're wasting your life and just from listening to your email and and just hearing you talk it almost sounds like you are bored and you don't know what else to do and you feel uninspired you feel kind of uh, in a rut and instead of really having a dialogue with yourself to figure out what you want to do you're looking for the quick fixes you're looking for the easy way out or what you think is the easy way out. But what you don't know is once you sign on that line that is dotted, you are now entering a very different world and you're subject to a whole different set of rules and lifestyles. And without a definite passion for doing that, I don't think you should do it. I mean, I, I just don't think that you've put the kind of thought into this that it really requires. What I think you need frankly, is to talk to a career counselor first and sit down and talk with him or her and find out what it is you like, what it is you don't like, okay? Everybody likes something, all right? Everybody knows what they don't want to do. And if you can eliminate the things that you don't want to do, then you're getting closer to figuring out what you do want to do. Now, obviously, you're an intelligent person. I mean, if you're working in IT and you're working on these projects with your boss, you must have some merits, okay? You must have some positive qualities. But I think it sounds like you're not feeling that spark. You're not feeling inspired. And you need to feel that. You really do need to feel it. And I know it's hard. 
it's you know it's 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 very easy for someone to say oh yeah you know you need to be motivated you got to go out there and do this you got to do that you got to feel this you got to feel that but you know it's fucking hard man you know it it's not nobody has a roadmap nobody has a magic wand they can wave and create for you the perfect job you've got to basically experiment you've got to have to you're going to have to sit down with a career counselor, approach this in a systematic way, find out what it is you like and what you don't like, and make some choices. you got to make some choices. Because if you keep going, the sense that I get from this email is you're begging to be fired. You're one of these guys who's malingering at your job. You're one of these guys who's not motivated. You're sliming along. And you're just begging to be fired. And somebody like you, I would find... I would find you. I would weed you out and I'd get rid of you if you were in a unit that I was in charge of. And I don't mean that as an insult. I don't mean that in anything bad. Uh, It's not anything bad. It's just that people like you are going to be the weak link. People like you are going to end up getting somebody hurt because you don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. So you need to take stock. You need to take an inventory of what you're doing and what you're all about. And again, brother, I mean this in all sincerity. I'm not trying to rip into you. I'm not trying to criticize you. I'm trying to help you uh, because I I don't think that it's going to be good for you if you keep going on the way you're going because you're going to get fired and, you know, it could be messy. You know, you don't want to leave this job on bad terms. It sounds like you've already mentally checked out of it. But if that's the case, what you should be doing right now is consulting with a career counselor or someone that you trust who knows the jobs in your area or, or just t- try to take stock of what you really like, you know, and then start looking for other jobs so that you can eventually leave this one that you're currently in and transition to something better. And even then, you're not going to know. You're never going to know. There is no certainties. There are no certainties. There is no magic wand. There is no rabbit out of the hat. There is no roadmap. Nobody really knows precisely what they want to do. Okay? No intelligent person, anyway, really knows what he wants to do until they're in their 30s or 40s. Okay? And even then, I'm not so sure. And now, in today's world, you're not going to be doing just one job. You're going to be wearing multi, multi-hats. You're going to be doing two or three jobs. You're going to have one job, you're going to have a side job, and you may even have another side job on top of that one. So get used to it. Okay? Never stop hustling. Never stop seeking to better yourself. That's the, meth- that, that's the message. That's the goal. But I think right now I'm just getting some kind of warning signs here when I'm reading through this email. I'm afraid that... Um, you're you're looking at the military as a as a, a tonic, as a a salve, as a way to save you from this ennui that you have. Okay, and that's not a good thing, man. It's not a good thing because that's the same mentality when someone is in a bad relationship or someone is in a a stagnant relationship and they're just going on and they say, well, you know, I'll just go and get married. We'll see how it goes, and and they jump into a marriage. And don't fully realize that this is a life-changing decision. Okay, this is a big deal. If you go into the military, that's a big deal. You are signing up for a specific period of time. Okay, 
you could be uh, sent in harm's way. You are going to be uh, undertaking a whole different set of obligations. And for me, I wanted that. You know, I, 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 was, I found it liberating. I found it exhilarating because that's what I wanted. I had read about the military since I was a kid. I was inspired by military-type things. It was a part of um, life that I wanted to explore and to see. And it's something that I've um, always treasured. Even though I didn't want to stay in for 20 years, you know, I felt like four years of active duty and then another four years of reserve duty was, was enough. And it was enough. Okay? So those are my thoughts, man. So hopefully this uh, little talk here has been of some use to you. And my advice to you is to take it slow. I, I, I think, again, to recap, I think your ideas of plunging into the military is not really what you need right now. Okay, it might be, you know. I mean, these are how, I mean, some of the best people, you'd be surprised, some of the best people were people that discovered at some point in their lives that they had some latent talent at something that the military brought out. And you may be one of those people, but I just think you you also could be looking for, uh, you know, a... Um, an easy way out here, you know. You and I and I think what you could end up doing is jumping out of the frying pan and jumping straight into the fire, and you don't want that to happen. So give it some thought. Consult with a career counselor, and if you want to check back in with us here at some point, we can um, give a, a status update of where you are. All right. Enough said. I'm Quintus Curtius, and this is the conclusion of the Fortress of the Mind podcast. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I would ask that you go to iTunes and rate me on iTunes so that others can find it. And until next time, good night.